Wallace. The 20, the 10, the 5, the 30. Rosemary Jack Sands was caught at the 30. Julio Humphrey. Deliver body blow after body blow after body blow. The team just wants to absolutely beat you up. There are threats all over the field for these Georgia Bulldogs. You're listening to Between the Hedges podcast with your host, Russ. Between the Hedges is brought to you by Michelle's Custom Design. They make all sorts of custom sports team wreaths, Christmas wreaths, and door signs. They can customize your order to your likings. Go to our website and scroll down to our sponsor section and click on Michelle's Custom Designs. It's not too late to get your custom Georgia Bulldog wreath made today. We have samples of their products on our Facebook page. Now is the time to get your custom order. Check out Michelle's Custom Designs. The Ducks! Good morning Between the Hedges fans. This is your host Russ and I am so excited. It's Friday Eve. We are just two days away from the Georgia-Florida game this Saturday, and I am so excited. I cannot wait for this game to be here. I cannot wait to see our boys play. It feels like it has been ages since we've watched them play, and it's only been two weeks. Oh my goodness, I am not ready for the season to end. I am not ready for the season to be over, because then it seems like it takes forever for it to get back here again. So we are making our famous cheese dip this weekend. I got some great ideas from you guys on what to do. And you know, everybody loves chili cheese dogs. I think it's kind of a common staple. A, a lot of people like chili cheese dogs. So my wife and I came up with this cheese dip that we make where it's basically like hamburger meat, sausage meat, can of Rotel tomatoes, a block of Velveeta cheese, a little bit of milk, and we combine the whole thing together to make uh, an awesome dip. You take that dip and you just spread it over top of your hot dog and we have ourselves cheese dip hot dogs. So I got it from one of you fans. Hopefully. I will like it. It sounds good. I cannot wait to try it. So if this is your first time listening to our podcast, be sure to go ahead and click the follow button on there. And don't forget to turn on that notification so that you are kept in the know. We definitely would love your support. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We air Monday through Friday, usually between 8.30 a.m., depending on when the podcast channel distributes the actual podcast. If you guys want to reach out to us, don't forget you can email us on our new email address, B Bravo T Tango H Hotel F Foxtrot, and then the word podcast at gmail.com. So it's bthfpodcast.com. You want to send us an email. You also want to, you can still use the old email address between the hedges podcast. We just wanted to shorten it for you guys. But the website is uh, listed in our podcast descriptions below. You just have to click on that more information, it'll expand. You'll see our our website there, you'll see the email address, and you'll even see our phone number, 706-389-0770. You can even call and leave a message. That's how much we want to hear from you fans uh, of the show. Give us your comments about what you like about the show, what you don't like. Uh, maybe some comments about the articles that we read on the show. Uh, we discuss them every day. We talk about topics that we think are important to talk about. Uh, we do anything and everything between the hedges, literally. So check us out there on our Facebook page and our TikTok for all of our new information. We post anything and everything on our TikTok channel. I know Lisa and Gary are constantly trying to get things uploaded on there for you guys. I really do appreciate their support. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I know if there's ever a time that comes where I'm unable to do a podcast, 
I know they will step up and they would love to help me out in doing a podcast. So I greatly appreciate their support. We do have a great podcast in store for you guys today. Today's topics are going to be Kirby Smart and Michigan Scandal, Georgia Florida score prediction. You guys are ready to hear it. I'm ready to deliver it. Florida coach weighs in on Beck. That's going to be our topic for today. We'll be back right after this. Between the Hedges is brought to you by Dog Swap. If you love custom frames, then you're going to love their designs. Dog Swap has all sorts of custom frames, from Sports Illustrated to photos and more. Go to our website and scroll down to our sponsors section and click Dog Swap and get your one-of-a-kind custom sports frame today. Welcome back, everyone, to Between the Hedges podcast. Definitely want to check out Michelle's custom door signs. If you guys want to take a look at some really cool things that she has done for your front door, she can do Christmas wreaths, sports wreaths. She can do custom door signs, uh, and they are really affordable. They are the most affordable I've seen on any of the other uh, designs that you got out there. So definitely go into our website and check them out. We'd love for you guys to support Michelle's custom door signs. Moving on to our first segment today. So Kirby Smart comments on Michigan scandal. I don't know if you guys have been paying close attention to the news lately, but we have some scandals going on out there. And basically recalling the past college football playoff matchup, Connor Riley writes on dognation.com. Kirby Smart was asked about the ongoing Michigan sign-stealing scandal during Tuesday's press conference. Georgia coach shared his thoughts on sign-stealing at large and its place in football. But his most interesting comments came in regards to the 2021 Orange Bowl battle between Michigan and Georgia. I didn't notice anything or know anything, Smart said. Nobody we talked to warned us or anything like that. I think everybody we play, they say, we steal your signals. We play somebody. They're great at stealing your signals. But what they're referencing is different than stealing them. They're coming in and you're talking about someone coming in and filming them. That's completely different. We tried to hide the signals, hold the calls, put signs up, do all that, but there's nothing I remember about the Michigan game that makes me think that. Georgia beat Michigan 34-11 to in a game that wasn't as close as the final score indicated. ESPN's Pete DeMall and Mark Schlebach report that Michigan staffer Connor Stallions bought tickets to the 2021 and 2022 SEC championship games. Georgia played in both those games, winning in 2022 against LSU and losing to Alabama in 2021. Georgia and Michigan are the only two programs to make the college football playoff in each of the past two seasons. Sign stealing is nothing new in college football, which Smart acknowledged following Tuesday night's practice. Allegedly, the sign stealing involves sending a Michigan analyst to games against possible future opponents and would film the signs from the stands. Yeah, I never heard of anybody going to the games to watch and film and do all that. All that stuff, or all that stuff that's going on that everybody's talking about, Smart said. I don't know anybody that's ever done that. I've never been asked to do that as a young coach or known anybody to do that. I've never heard of that. In high school football, you know, I grew up with my dad. We would go and watch other teams play. That's part of what you did. You went and watched the other team play with four other coaches and draw up their plays while they were doing during it. That was pre-cell phone and probably pre-signals. They were sending people in. The coach would send them in. That was a long time ago. As far as in-game, I think people try to do that. It tries to go on. Smart wasn't the only one connected with the Georgia program who spoke about sign-stealing its role in college football. 
insider linebacker Jamin DeMoss Johnson scoffed at the idea that Georgia would possibly resort to what Michigan is accused of doing. I don't think we sign still over here. Our preparation and the coaches doing their job is a big piece, DeMoss Johnson said. I think that's why we've been very successful on defense the last few years. I think that goes into our preparation and our coaches doing their jobs. I don't know about no sign stealing. Smart spoke about how it was common practice for teams to try and steal signs. The Georgia head coach felt that sometimes stealing signs leads to disinformation and distracts him from trying to call his game. There have been times where people have said they've had our signals in game and this or that, Smart said. You talk to them that you played last and when you're not going to play them again. Sometimes they share what they might have had on you and things like that. So I've heard of it in game. A lot of the times you can still have the signal and not do it right. It's kind of the joke we have, you know, what play is coming and you mess it up. I've laughed when coaches about that before. Georgia is the number one ranked team in the country at the moment with Michigan being number two. The Big Ten announced last week that Michigan was under investigation by the NCAA for sign stealing. Michigan is off this week while Georgia takes on Florida in Jacksonville that will air on CBS this Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So what do you guys think? I mean, I personally have seen coaches go to football games when I was growing up and they would be scouting the players and stuff, you know, and sometimes other teams would come to our games and they would watch from other football games because they want to see how we play. I mean, the way I look at it is, is that whether they're stealing your signs or whether they're observing your games play and they're writing down what you're doing and they're you know, strategizing, to me, that's no different than any other kind of form of a sport. Because in order for you to win any kind of game, you have to know your opponents. You know, and I know a lot of the times people result to tactics that may be considered, you know, un, unnecessary, whether you want to record the game or whether you want to, you know, write it down. I, I personally don't see what's the difference. Whether you sit there and you record that someone's signal for a play, okay, so you know what they're going to do now. All right, fine. So even though if you know the play that's coming and you know what they're going to do, that's where you have a good quarterback that's able to read that play and say, okay, these guys are performing up a little bit too much like they know what's going on. We need to change up the play or change up the signal. Every other game, try to throw out different signals. I know it may be a challenge for our players, but it's nothing that they're not un, uh, unused to. I mean, their playbooks are, are not that big in the college football. In fact, I remember one um, announcing, I think it was Tim Tebow, he was talking about how when he came out of college football and went into pro, he looked at the pro's playbook. It's twice as big as it is in college. So it's nothing new for these guys to learn new signals. And if they are signal stealing and the NCAA does catch Michigan behind doing that, well, then I'm pretty sure it's not the first time a team has done this, if it is considered illegal. I personally didn't even realize it was illegal until it came out into uh, the news report from NCAA that they were going to go after Michigan and investigate them for this. I didn't think that, honestly, if you know someone's signal, then I mean, hey, you know, if a coach is sitting there looking at some guy and he's able to read the signal and know what the play is, I mean, kudos to that coach. He's paying attention. Okay, fine. We've just figured out what that play is. Well, guess what? You don't use that play or you switch it up from time to time. I mean, I know they have that big tarp behind uh, the coaches so they don't see them signaling their players. And I mean, they're doing everything they can to, to try to keep their signals from being stolen if that is the case. But to be honest, I just look at it this way. I think football is a great sport. I love watching it. It's, it's always an honor to, to talk about it. I, I feel privileged to be able to have the podcast and, and discuss the, uh, the ins and outs of the football. But at the end of the day, guys, it's still a football game. It's still that's it. It's a football game. Let's not make it overly complicated. Let's not make it overly, you know, drastic. Let's just enjoy the game for what it is. It's a good sport between two players, two teams, two states, two cities, whatever. 
coming together and having a good time. If NCAA wants to come behind and, 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 and fine them for that, then that's NCAA's business. You signed a contract with them. Me personally, I don't think that it's that big of a deal. I think to me, honestly, if you want to sit there and you want to be a person who's going to memorize the other players, you know, signals to know what the plays are, and, th and that is considered cheating, well, then in my opinion, then you can go back and watch every single football game and, and days past, and I guarantee you when you watch it, you'll be able to see what they did and be like, oh, that's that play. Oh, that's that play. And I promise you, whether their signal changes or not, the plays are still the same. You still have the same plays. It's just maybe a different signal to signal the play. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You guys comment. But I personally don't think that this is a big deal. I really don't think it is. If somebody wants to go to a game and watch their signals, fine. So you know their signals to call the play, but you still have to stop the play. You still have to try to keep the play. Whether you know that receiver is going to get it or not, you don't know. They can switch it up, do an audible. There's so many variables, to be honest with you. And even like Coach Kirby Smart said, sometimes the plays don't even work out the way you want them to. What do y'all think? Y'all think it's a big deal? If you do, comment on this podcast. Comment on this segment. First segment we did. We're going to uh, share this on our Facebook page. You guys can email us, bthfpodcast at gmail.com. Check on our website. You can click on the See More description of the podcast. Go down to our website link. Click on it. You can call us, 706-389-0770, and leave a message. I want to hear from you guys. We'll be back right after this. Between the Hedges is sponsored by Sarah the Wax Boss for Sensi. You have a hair lady, nail lady, and possibly a massage lady. But do you have a wax lady? They are more than just warmers and wax cubes. Our products range from inside your home to outside in your car and even on your pets. Go to our website and slide down to the bottom to our sponsors section and check them out. Sarah, the wax boss for Sensi. Welcome back. Between the Hedges podcast fans, moving on to our second segment today, Georgia versus Florida's game score predictions by college football analytic model. Now, this article was written by James Park on SI.com, and it says what the analytics predict for the Georgia versus Florida in this SEC football classic. Two longtime rivals square off from Jacksonville this weekend as the world's largest outdoor cocktail party returns to the Sunshine State to welcome number one ranked Georgia against the SEC's East hopeful Florida on Saturday. Gators checked in at third in the SEC East with a 3-1 conference mark, winning two straights since the Kentucky loss. Florida has win over ranked Tennessee under its belt. Georgia lost star tight end Brock Bowers to an ankle injury for the next few weeks leaving Bulldogs averaging over 500 yards per game and ranking top 10 nationally in passing, scoring offense, and scoring defense. What can we expect in the game? Let's turn to the SP Plus for a prediction. So Georgia versus Florida's prediction, the simulations favor Georgia to defeat Florida and stay undefeated this week. The SP Plus expects the Bulldogs to take down the Gators by a projected score of 34-20. to a forecasted score margin of 14.7 points for the defending national champions. The model gives Georgia a strong 80% chance to win the game outright. SP Plus is a tempo and opponent-adjusted measure of college football efficiency that attempts to predict game outcomes by measuring the most sustainable and predictable aspects of football. How accurate is the model? So far, SP Plus is 212 wins to 207 losses and 11 ties, which is a 50.6% straight up and 200 wins, 222 losses and 8 ties, which is a 47.4% against the spread this season. 
Georgia is a 13.5 point favor against Florida, according to the lines at SI Sportsbook, which set the total at 47 points for the game. So SI lists the money line odds for Georgia at minus 699 and for Florida at plus 425. If you're using this projection to bet on the game, you should take Georgia 13 or negative 13.5, UGA on the ML at minus 699, and bet over 47 points. Other analytic models suggest Georgia will defeat Florida convincingly as well. That includes the College Football Power Index, a computer predictive tool that uses data points from both teams to simulate games 20,000 times and pick winners. The index forecasts Georgia will win in an 85.2% of its simulations or 17,040 of its projections. Florida wins out in the remaining 14.8% of sims or 2,960 predictions. By taking the difference between each team's projected score margin per game, the computer predicts Georgia will beat Florida by 15.1 points. Now, personally, I've seen it to where it was two touchdowns. Um, I remember someone saying something about three touchdowns. So, I mean, honestly, it's going to be a close game. I'll be honest. If we can win by two touchdowns, I'll be happy. I don't want to come out with a field goal win. I can tell you that right now. I don't know about you guys. I don't want it to be a field goal win type of game. I want it to be at least a two to three touchdown margin loss for the Florida Gators against the Georgia Bulldogs. But what do y'all guys think? Do y'all put a lot of stock in these uh, these simulated projections? I know the margins are pretty accurate in some cases. Um, but to me, it's, it comes down to weather, it comes down to players. How do they feel? Did they wake up that morning? Are they sick? You know, are they, do they have a cramp in their toe? I mean, there's so many variables that honestly the computer cannot simulate uh, or cannot predict that it's just a matter of taking a chance and guessing in the end of the time. At the end of the day, it still is just a guess. So give me your thoughts on what you think about this prediction. Give me your suggestions on what you guys might think. Do you think it's a two touchdown margin, three touchdown margin, a field goal? You know, what do you guys think? So you guys can email us at bthfpodcast at gmail.com. That's Bravo Tango Hotel Foxtrot. And then the words podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website by clicking on that see more under the podcast description. You click on that link right there and you'll be able to go back to our website. You can send us a message that way. And you can also call us at 706-389-0770. Again, if you're a first time listener, do not forget to follow, like, and share. Don't forget to turn that notification on. We have some more coming up for you guys right after this. Between the Hedges is brought to you by Dogs and More. It isn't your normal hot dog stand. Dogs and More serves gourmet hot dogs, hamburgers, and grilled cheese. And their floats are no joke either. Check out Dogs and More in Rinkin, Georgia, where their dogs are off the leash. Check them out on our website. Welcome back, everyone. This is our third segment for our podcast, Between the Hedges podcast. We've got an article here from Florida coach Billy Napier weighs in on Carson Beck, talented athlete and passer. Mike Griffith covers this story on dognations.com. Says Florida coach Billy Napier has taken note of Carson Beck's growth in the Georgia offense with Saturday's rivalry game in Jacksonville fast approaching. I see a talented athlete and passer, Napier said at the SEC coaches teleconference on Wednesday. He's obviously been there a number of years. Napier knows that all too well. He once had former UGA quarterback Stetson Bennett committed and on the verge of signing with him at Louisiana in 2019 before Georgia came in with the signing day offer. 
As UGA fans recall, Bennett passed up Beck on the UGA depth chart in 2020 and again in 2021, leading to a well-documented Cinderella story that college football couldn't get enough of the past two seasons. And yet it's Beck who has actually had a harder path at UGA than Bennett, making the commitment to stay at Georgia and develop rather than transfer away. Indeed, Beck may have had the higher recruiting rankings than Bennett, but he sat out more games and has a lesser supporting cast than the 2021 and 2022 Bulldogs on account of injuries, transfers, and NFL draft attritions. Napier, whose Gators aimed to take down the number one ranked Bulldogs at 3.30 p.m. on Saturday, certainly took note of how Vanderbilt defended Beck. Beck threw an interception and fumbled the ball away against the Commodores, looking less than sharp in a 37-20 win in Nashville. And yet, Beck still ranks eighth in the nation in passing yards per game, 306.7 and 13th in pass efficiency, which is 163.8. He's gotten really comfortable in their system. He has arm talent. He's very accurate, and certainly he's done a nice job making some plays with his feet, Napier said. He has a really good group of players around him. They are really big, tall, long, and up front, and really a good group of skill players in every room. Napier said, you can see why he was one of the better quarterbacks in the country coming out. Napier surely knows Beck will have added incentive and possibly pressure as he returns to his hometown of Jacksonville with Georgia's number one ranking and SEC championship game hopes on the line. Beck attended Jacksonville's Mandarin High School and led that program to a state championship his junior season. Originally an Alabama verbal commit, Beck was the 250th ranked player in the nation in the 2020 class, along with the number nine ranked pro-style quarterback and number 39 player in the state of Florida per the 247 Sports Composite Rankings. In another world, Beck might have been convinced to play for Florida under Dan Mullen and been part of a team Napier inherited. Instead, Napier will face Beck and Georgia on Saturday looking to get a win and put Florida on top in the SEC East division. I will not disagree with what Napier said as far as Beck. I think Beck staying at the Bulldogs was a decision that he made last season seeing that Bennett possibly was going to be leaving, him coming back into a team who's won the national championship twice, setting himself up for a possible third option. I think Beck made the right choice with staying with the Bulldogs. Now, me personally, I do think that Beck also is going to have a little bit more of a challenge this weekend coming back home. He's got a lot more riding on this game. He's at his hometown. He's probably going to have a lot of family, friends watching the game, a lot of pressure. But Beck is not a rookie quarterback to playing under pressure. He's done this before. He's gotten his own uh, high school team to the national state championships his junior year. So this is something that Beck is not unfamiliar with. He knows how to handle pressure. Personally, me, I think that Beck's going to outdo a lot of people's um, thoughts. I think he's going to outdo some, some throws this weekend. Um, will there be a possible interception? I feel it. I don't know how to explain it. I just do. I feel like there will be at least maybe one interception. I'm hoping just one. Um, if we have two, you know what? Hopefully our defense can stop it, and hopefully our defense will keep him from making a touchdown on that return, but it's part of the game. I do believe that uh, they were kind of not really taking the spotlight away from uh, Bennett. I mean, I get what they were saying as far as Beck had an option to possibly go to Alabama and go to Florida. I personally feel like to me, you know, when it comes to being transferred over, I, I don't know, I'm old school. You make a commitment, you stick with it. That's just the way I look at it, but I don't know. What y'all think? Y'all give me all thoughts. Do you think Napier might be underestimating Beck? Do you think Napier might be anticipating what Beck can do? What do y'all think?
Leave me your comments on the show. Let me know what you guys think about the article. I'm going to, again, share this on our Facebook page. You guys are welcome to check it out as well, too. Um, it's going to be an interesting game either way around it. I, I personally would love to see uh, – I would love to see Beck, you know, impress a lot of people this weekend because I think a lot of the times we look at Bowers. A lot of people have been focusing on Bowers and what Bowers can do, but I don't think they're giving Beck enough credit. Considering what Napier said about how he was the number one quarterback possible pick in the 2022 season, and yet ben, uh, Bennett got picked before him, I think to me shows you right there that Beck was the better choice. Um, the reason why they stuck with Benson obvi or Bennett obviously is because of the national championship wins. That makes a big decision when it comes from a coach's perspective. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You guys tell me. Leave comments on the podcast. You can email us, bthf podcast at gmail.com that's bravo tango hotel foxtrot and the word podcast at gmail.com you can also call us 706-389-0770 check out our website the link is in the podcast description below let me give you let me hear what y'all think guys i'm curious we'll be back for our final segment Welcome back Between the Hedges fans. We hope that you guys have enjoyed today's podcast. Again, if you're a first-time listener, don't forget to turn on that notification. Don't forget to follow, like, and share. Be sure to share this with your friends and family. Any possible Gator haters out there you might know, any Gator fans, share it with them. I'd love to get their opinions, too. I always love a good little debate between uh, opposing players and their thoughts. Again, this show is made for the fans, by the fans. Can't get much simpler than that, guys. Also, again, don't forget to check out our website. You can click on that link below. If you're like, what link, Russ? It's right there under the Seymour. You scroll down just a little bit or above the podcast video. You should see a Seymour option underneath there. Should have the website link. Should even have the email address and our phone number if you guys want to call and leave some comments. Again, if you do leave a message and it's a decent message, it's a clean message, guys. Remember, this is a family-friendly podcast. I will air your message on our podcast because I'd love to hear your comments. You can reach out to us, again, by email, BTHF, that's F like Fox, podcast. You want to click the see more description for the website link, the phone number 706-389-0770. Guys, that's it for the podcast. One more day to go, and we will finally be into the weekend where we can see our Georgia beat Florida. Hopefully, we'll get ourselves a two to three touchdown lead this weekend. But that's it for today, guys. I'm out of here. Go dogs.